Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. So excited to have you here this morning. And uh, before we jump into the teaching, I'm going to move a couple of quick things around. Um, I wanted to, been doing this recently over the last couple months, want to celebrate a couple of things that uh, God has been doing among us uh, and different things that we can celebrate. And the first one actually has to do with COVID. And so um, uh, to my knowledge at this point, we have not had one single case of COVID spread through our church, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, that's just good stuff. Um, and so I think God's favor is on us in the midst of this. Uh, I think we're also being responsible to do all the things we're supposed to do and wearing masks and all kinds of stuff. So keep your masks on and, and uh, those kind of things are just really helpful uh, to kind of do that so we can hopefully keep meeting in person and all that. So, um, so that's super exciting. I, I think God's favor has been on us in the midst of that. So that's super awesome. Um, secondly, I want to celebrate uh, the fact that uh, before last week, which last week we went virtual because I was in this COVID thing and whatever, um, but three out of the four last week before last week, we actually actually made, we made budget. Uh, from a financial perspective, that's really helpful uh, for us to be able to help move ministry forward. I was actually, the last service, uh, some of you guys know Gary Beckett. Uh, he has a connection with people in Honduras. Uh, if you don't know, there was a massive hurricane there and lots of devastation. And so we were able to, because of your generosity towards church, we were able to help send money to feed people who literally have no access to food right now. And so that matters. And so uh, just grateful for your generosity towards the church uh, so we can keep doing those kinds of things and uh, keep doing ministry and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so super, it's important to celebrate those things. So I want to pray for the offering. Uh, before I do, just a reminder, we got offering box if you're here in person uh, in the back wall. We're also going to send you out this door today. So there's an offering box here. Also, you can give online at cornerstonevineyard.church slash give by text, snail mail. And there's also this really cool church center app. If you want to download that from the app store, uh, you can connect it to Cornerstone. And uh, there's lots of things there, but uh, giving is one of those things you can do there as well. All right, so I want to pray. So if you pray with me, and then we'll move on. So Father, uh, we are grateful today that we have gotten a chance to worship you, and uh, yes, that your promises are yes and amen. And it is a privilege, God, to come into your presence and to worship you. So we pray that you feel loved by us as we have done that today. And God, we pray, uh, as many of us will uh, participate this week somehow in percentage giving, tithing, God, that as we do that, that, uh, that our worship will continue uh, in the midst of that giving. Uh, God, it really is a privilege, too, to give back a portion of what you've given to us. Now, we pray, God, that as you uh, provide those funds, God, that we, you will give us great wisdom and insight to be able to do the most kingdom stuff, uh, that kingdom momentum would happen because of uh, finances and decisions and things that you're going to link us up with in the midst of this season we're in. So we're thankful, God, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, if you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to Exodus chapter 14. That's where we're going to be. Uh, it's pretty easy to find. Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible. Exodus 14 is where we'll be. If you don't have a Bible, you can turn to uh, open up the YouVersion app on your phone, and you can uh, find that there, and the search for live events. Cornerstone Vineyard Church will be there. All the scriptures, points, all that stuff will be there uh, for you. And to get us started today, I want to start out by, um, by asking if, is anyone else overwhelmed? 
Anybody else overwhelmed? Raise your, raise your hand if you're overwhelmed. Okay, if you're online, put in the chat, say overwhelmed if you're overwhelmed. Uh, if you, you weren't here in person, so you let several people in the room raise their hands. Uh, I, know, I knew there would be a bunch of us as I've, if I put that question out there uh, this morning, because right, we're overwhelmed with virtual learning. I'm very much overwhelmed with virtual learning in my house, especially with my youngest. Uh, overwhelmed with quarantine, right? Uh, I was very much overwhelmed over the last couple of weeks. Man, this, this last week, I even had a few moments where I had like these depressive moments because it gets dark at like 5.30 now and I hadn't seen anybody and all that kind of stuff, right? Overwhelmed with that. Overwhelmed, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been overwhelmed this week with the number of COVID cases and the amount of deaths that are happening, which by the way, if you're not praying for our medical people in our area, please put that on your prayer list. We need to be praying for those people. Um, but overwhelmed with that, uh, we overwhelmed with like, do we have a Thanksgiving dinner? Do we not have a Thanksgiving dinner, right? Do we go to in-person services or do we stay virtual? Like overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. It just seems like we're just overwhelmed every place we look uh, in the season we are in, right? And it's because right, right, right now there's potential risk around us, right? With this global pandemic, physical risk, mental health risk, spiritual risk. We're living in unprecedented times, right? You've probably heard that word. You probably never want to hear it again after the season's over, Right? Uh, and really a season which no one alive has ever experienced before, right, in the midst of this. We're eight months into this thing, and experts are telling us uh, that now we, to have any reprieve, it's probably going to be another four or five months at minimum before we start feeling reprieve for this thing. And I know, I'm starting out like pretty, like, wah, wah, this morning, right? Just hang on. I think there's some hope in here this morning, okay? Um, I, what we're going to... Um, what we're going to explore today is how do we... Uh, with many more months ahead of us in the current season we are in, how do we not live in, or how do we continue to not live in a place where uh, we are overwhelmed uh, and emotionally overwhelmed, uh, maybe, maybe even over overwhelmed with the point of fear of harm and death? How do, we, how do we not live overwhelmed in that? Again, I think it's good to talk about from a general perspective, but I even think in the season in which we're living in, how do we, uh, what we're going to talk a lot about today is we're gonna, how do we live a life where we're much more of an emotional steady eddy? Have you ever heard that term before, a steady eddy, right? We're going to talk a lot about how to be an emotional steady eddy today in the midst of our time together. And um, I think it's an important thing to uh, talk about um, and to how to not live in fear. Now, hear me this morning that I'm not saying that we need to be unsafe. I do think that we need to be safe, wear the masks, you know, distance each other, consider not doing Thanksgivings, all those kinds of things, all that stuff's important. But how do we, even in the midst of all of those, to stay safe, but how do we not live fearfully overwhelmed? That's a good question. That's a good thing to explore, I think. And uh, to be a steady eddy instead. And so I want to share a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. That's a good verse. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And so I share those scriptures because there's value, folks. There's significant value into being an emotional, steady eddy in uncertain times. There's value. When things seem a bit risky, maybe physically, emotionally, spiritually, there's value to being somewhat fearless. Now, not, uh, not unsafe, but somewhat fearless. 
So I want you to hold that thought. Last week, we started a new series here at Cornerstone called Fearless, Tackling Issues That Stop Our Progress, where each week we're taking a look at a common fear that might be experienced in life and asking the question, how do we not let that fear that might be commonly experienced, that, that like, how do we not live in this and ultimately stop the progress of what we might experience on the other side of that fear? How do we live more over here than over here? And, and so... Uh, Last week, we, we looked at the fear of failure and, and how that can stop our progress. And this week, and, and, and by the way, I, I didn't plan to have this message during this time when all this, the COVID numbers are spiking. I think God, his favor has been on us. I think this is a very timely message. But today, we're going to talk about how to not live um, in the fear of, 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 of harm and death. And, and again, I, I didn't plan this out. I think God kind of worked all this out for us in the midst of, of this season we are in. And so, yes, I want to be very clear. Yes, there's... there's um, Times where there's need for concern, right? I think we're living in a time where that, but I'm hopeful that some of the things that I will share this morning uh, will keep us from being, and this is really important, will keep us from being hostage to worry and fear because hostage to worry and fear is not of God's design. So let's take a look at our text for today. It's in Exodus chapter 14. This might be a familiar uh, chunk of scripture to you if you've been around the church or read your Bible. Uh, it's the story of the Israelites and the parting of the Red Sea. You probably saw it in a kid's uh, thing when you were in church, if you were younger, those kinds of things. Uh, but I think there's some really good things in the midst of this text for us that we can cling to in our current situation. So we're going to read several verses. I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit because it's pretty lengthy. So I'm going to kind of cut some things out this morning so we can have time to get through everything. We're going to start in verse 9. Exodus 14, verse 9 says this, As the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them. As they camped by the sea near, I always mess this up, Pi-ha-hiroth, I think that's how you say that, opposite ba- Baal-zaphon. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Verse 13, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Verse 26, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. Couple last verses, starting verse 29. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So our title uh, for this weekend is of the message is steady, standing, st- standing up when things seem risky. And what we're going to dive into today is uh, dig deep and explore is when things are a bit risky right? Physically, emotionally, spiritually. How do we stay steady? How do we not become overwhelmed? How do we not become hostage to worry and fear? Be somewhat fearless. 
I think it's something important to, to talk about any time in life, but specifically with where we are right now. And I want to share today two reasons from this story, from this text, uh, in this story of the Red Sea, uh, that I think we'll be able to do just that, be able to stay steady. So that's where we're headed today. We have two points. And so uh, if you've got your notes, if you're online, you can want to write these down. You can uh, write this down. First point number one is this, stay steady because we're not alone in the fight. You can write that down. We're not alone in the fight. Back in the text, uh, as things look really bleak, right, for the Israelites, right, they see the, 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 uh, the, the Egyptians, they're coming, things are uh, not looking great. Moses tells them in verse 14, he says this, this is a great verse. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Oh, man, that is a good verse. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. See, folks, the truth is we are not alone in this fight, in this fight that we're in right now. In our lives, we are not alone. The God of the universe is right by our side. We can stay steady and not fear because he is with us. He is with you. He is with me. He was with the Israelites, and he, guess what? He's not just with the Israelites, but he's with us. A couple of verses, Joshua 1.9. This might be a familiar verse to some of you as well. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you, maybe sometimes. No, right? It says, he will be with you wherever you go. He will be with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you in that unless he will never leave you. That's important that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Basically the truth is, is, is this folks, he is for you. If you don't hear anything else from the message today, he is for you. And because he is for me, because he is for you, we can be steady. We can be an emotional steady eddy, if you will. We cannot be overwhelmed with fear, held hostage by worry and fear because he is for us. I was actually thinking this week of a, of a song, and you, you, probably, you might know this song. Uh, it's a song we've done here a couple of times at Cornerstone, but it's by Elevation Worship, and it's called uh, The Blessing. And if you've, if you've ever listened to uh, Pulse FM, something like that, you've probably heard this song. Um, but man, it is a super powerful song. And, uh, well, hang on one second. We're not starting yet. Uh, well, we're gonna, I'm going to show you a video in just a minute. There we go. I'm going to show you a video in just a minute. Uh, but before I do that... Um, so this is a super powerful song, and, and it's, it's a blessing, right? It's why it's called The Blessing, right? But in so many ways, you know what this song does, at least for me? It's a reminder that God is for me. And so uh, I want you to listen to this song, and then I'll make a comment. So uh, watch this and, and uh, listen to the song. My only thought was like, amen. Amen to that. I want to bring up the lyrics that they just sang, all right? The lyrics say this. They say, uh, May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And then they go through the amens. Amen, 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 amen. See, the truth of the matter is, folks, is this, is that he is for you. I don't care what's going on in your life right now, that he is still for you in the midst of whatever you're going through. Whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're angry, whether you're, you're just happy-go-lucky, he is for you and he is with you in all of those things. 
Kyla, we have no lights up here. Can you give me some lights up here? Thanks, buddy. You know, in this life, folks, the reality is we, we know that we're going to face challenge, right? We know we're going to face challenge. Um, this side of heaven, thank you, buddy. Uh, this side of heaven, right, we are going to face challenges and negativity and heartache and pain. It's a guarantee, this side of heaven. It says in, in uh, John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's a, there's a promise there, right? You going to bring that next slide up for me? Sorry, Tyler, I know I'm asking you to do multiple things. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. But look at this. It says, but take heart. And I love the fact that there's an exclamation point there. If there's an exclamation point in scripture, you ought to pay attention. It says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We need to remember that, folks, that, that Jesus has overcome death. And he's right beside us as we come against the crappy stuff of life. I know for me personally, I, uh, as I've been trying to live this out just even in this year, but even in the last couple of years, uh, I try to uh, remember uh, what uh, speaker Tom Harmon once said. If some of you guys know Tom. We'll bring up a picture. This is Tom Harmon. Uh, he's a traveling preacher. He's a former Michigan State police officer. Great dude. Um, and he was teaching one time at, a, at a, an event that I was at, and he was sharing out of uh, James chapter 1, verse 2, that says this. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And, and what he was teaching on that day, he was, he was kind of saying like, wait a second, God, wait, what? Find joy in trials? That seems upside down. And, and so what he realized as he was looking at the dip depth of the text and, and he was having this conversation with God, he realized this. He's like, you know, we're not going to find joy in the thing that is challenging us. We're going to find joy in the one who's alongside us in the challenge. Let me say that again. We don't find joy in the thing that's challenging us. We find joy in the fact that there's one who walks alongside us in the challenge. Folks, I want to be very clear today of this. Jesus did not take a vacation in 2020. He did not take a vacation in 2020. You know what he did? He, he, you know what he's doing? He's right by our side and he's walking on this thing out with us. And guess what? Those of you that are, are weeping because you're grieving because you've, somebody's lost their life, he's grieving with you. You know, those of you that are dealing with the sickness and, the, and all this junk, right? He's walking alongside that with you. If you're even having those joy moments, right? Like I'm going to be, I was thinking about uh, Haley. He's in the back of the room. We're going to have a wedding in a couple of weeks. And, you know, and there's been challenge in the midst of that. But we're going to have a wedding and there's going to be joy in the midst of the wedding. And the reality is, is God's going to walk through us in, with, with us in the midst of that joy as we walk through this wedding. Now, I know that it's easy right? Because it's easy for me, my own human nature, right? The reality is, is that it's easy to lose sight of the fact that he's with us. I know it is. It, it was for the Israelites too, right? If we look back at the text, a part of it we didn't read today in chapter 14, uh, the Israelites see the, the, the Egyptians coming, right? And they say this in verse uh, 11 and 12 to Moses. They said to Moses, they said, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have, we done to, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And what, when, I, when I read that, my heart sunk. When I was reading that this week, my heart sunk in the fact that like, oh, see, they lost sight of the fact that God was for them. And see, like, yes, things were scary, right? They saw these, these, all these Egyptians and these, pharaoh, these, these, these chariots and these, these fighters and everything was coming toward them and things looked really bad, but guess what? God was for them, right? He put walls of water up for them. He was for them. 
And folks, Moses reminded them, folks, he was like, Israelites, pay attention, pay attention. Cling to the fact that God is for us. Can I tell you this morning, folks, we need to cling to the fact that God is for us. Many of you know this already because you know my story or I've told you my testimony before, but I was, um, as I was walking through the teaching, preparing, um, I was reminded of my, uh, my, part of my testimony is that I was actually, my freshman year of high school, I was in two car accidents within five minutes of each other. Um, and there'll be a couple pictures that'll come up on the screen. So this is the, the first car I was in and that's the second car I was in. And that's, that's me afterwards with a bunch of lacerations over my eye and all those kind of things. And so, um, I can tell you the story about it sometime, but it's part of my testimony. Um, but I was thinking about my, my, uh, accident this week because um, after the second accident, I was laying on the ground and off-duty EMT had happened to come by the scene and was kind of caring for me. And uh, folks, as I was sitting there or laying there on the ground, uh, I felt the presence of God so tremendously great. Like so much more than I've ever experienced till to this day, I've never experienced the presence of God like I felt in that moment when I'm laying on the ground. And, and I re- vividly remember my brother coming over me and he grabbed me by my shirt. Just rather he grabbed me by my t-shirt, which I had a lot of blood over my head and whatever. And I, and I remember him saying to me, Matt, you can't die on me. And I told him, I said, Ryan, I'm gonna be fine. God is here. And, and, and I know some people, oh, that's fanatical, whatever. But I'm telling you, at, 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 man, this was an experience that I knew that I was gonna be okay because God was with me. And can I tell you something? As I re- even as I recalled that this week, man, I can tell you, as I was transferred from, from the, the accident to the one hospital and from one hospital to another hospital to have a surgery and all that kind of stuff, can I tell you that I had to keep clinging to the fact that God was with me over and over and over. And I was just clinging to the fact that he's with me. I'm gonna be okay. I think we need to remember that we have a God who's for us and we need to cling to that, especially in times when we are in... Um, when there's opportunity for fear of worry and harm uh, and death and all those kinds of things, we need to cling to the fact that God is for us. It says in Psalm 16, eight, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. And look at this, with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's good. With our eyes kept on the Lord, he's at our right hand, we will not be shaken. That will allow us to be some level of, not unsafe, right, but fearless. Another Psalm, Psalm 91 says, whoever dwells in the shadow of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. Who could use some rest right now? I could. Look, I was, um, and I'll end this point with this and, and move on. I was reminded this week as I was meeting with uh, Josh Simpson. Some of you guys know Josh, he's one of our board members. Uh, and I, I meet with him each week as a, for accountability. And uh, man, I tell you what, Josh is a really smart dude. He's over here. He's just really brilliant. He's a good looking guy too. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, Josh and I, we were meeting virtually this week because because of I was in quarantine, all that kind of stuff. And and I was just sharing with Josh how emotionally things have been for me the last uh, week or so, and and where I've been. I've had these depressive moments and all those kind of things. And Josh just reminded me during our conversation. He said, you know, Matt, you got to re- we got to remember that none of this is a surprise to God. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. None of this is a surprise. It's a surprise to me and maybe your circumstance and maybe it's a surprise to to you, but, but it's not a surprise to God. Though things look bleak, folks, we can trust. We can trust that, that he will make something beautiful out of the messy situation we are in. 
Because you know that, that God is the God who makes messy, uh, beautiful things out of crappy, messy things. He is the God who does this. This is what he's about. It actually says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, he has made and makes everything, look at that, everything, not just a, little, a few things. He has made everything beautiful in its time. It's what he does. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure how long it'll take, but I'm thinking a year from now, two years from five years from now, we will look back and we will go, ah, that was what God was up to. Now, it's hard to, in the middle of all of that, right, and when we're walking through, especially those of you that if, if you've walked through any pain and grief because of a death and all the kind of stuff in, this, in the last season, we've got some people in the church right now that, man, they're just dealing with a lot going on and some, uh, a death of a, of a four-year-old child and all of that kind of stuff, just heavy stuff going on. And so the reality is, is we don't know what God's doing in the midst of that when we're going through all that stuff, but as we keep walking out, we trust that he's with us in the midst of it, we will then eventually see, oh, that's what he was doing. And he's going to make something beautiful out of messy, crappy things. It's what he does. We can count on it. And so that's the first point. Stay steady because we're not alone in the fight. Second thing, I'm going to briefly mention this today because I've kind of already alluded to it already. Stay steady because dry ground is coming. Dry ground is coming. Obviously, this is in reference to, right, the fact that the walls of water are up. The, the Israelites walk, around, walk along uh, across the river, right, with, uh, with, with dry ground. But the, the verse that I want to focus on is verse 13. Uh, it says uh, this in verse 13. It says, stand firm and you, and I capitalize this, you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And, and that verse really struck me this week as I was working on the teaching Okay, and then I looked up the word deliverance in the original language, and it's this word will come up on the screen, but it means salvation, welfare, prosperity, victory. And so if you put that context of that, that definition in with the verse that says, right, it says that you will, which means there's a promise in the midst of that, right? That means that it's not if, I guess maybe if I can sort of, count, no, it means it will come, right? It means there's a promise is the good stuff and victory, salvation, welfare, victory, it's, it's coming, Basically, a way to say it is this, stand firm, stay ready, not in fear, because victory is ours. Better days are coming. Better days are coming. And folks, I want to be very clear to you this morning, the fact that, yes, as we know the end of the story with the Israelites, right, their better days were coming, right? And for us, folks, the reality is for us that better days are coming for us. And, I, and this next part, I know my wife was like, ooh, you're going to share that. That's kind of controversial, but I'm going to share it anyways. All right, folks, the reality, I don't know if you've been in, here in the news, but we have potentially two or three vaccines that are 95% effective. By the way, they were shooting for 70. That's incredible. By the way, God is not, that is not uh, absent of God, right? Those two things coincide, right? God makes people smarter than me that can make vaccines and all that kind of stuff. Now, whether you're going to get it or not, or whatever, you, you can decide that on yourself. But the, but the fact is, right, we have potentially three vaccines that are, that are super effective. And then I heard yesterday that St. Jude has now done research that they now have found out what the virus is actually doing and when it's attaching to the, to the lungs and all that kind of stuff. And they've had these clinical trials with mice, and now they're going to have the clinical trials with humans. And we might actually have a treatment for COVID. Better days are ahead. Now, if... Put COVID aside, okay? So we're just going to put a pin in on that. But the, even, even without COVID, right? The, the, fo the folks, the reality is, is that... My watch is talking to me. Um, <laughs> I thought I shut that off. All right. 
That was the weirdest thing ever, right? I was like, oh, the Lord is speaking. All right. Um, <laughs> folks, I think this is so important for us to catch that God is the God who makes beautiful things out of crappy situations. He is the best at it. He is the repairer, the renewer, the restorer, who when human beings can't do things, God can do things. It says in 1 Peter 5.10, oh, this is such a good verse to cling to right now. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Look at this. After you have suffered a little while. Anybody suffering the last couple months? After you have suffered a little while, will, look at this, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Folks, better days are coming. He's the God who brings better days. And as a result, because he's the God who brings better days, right, we can be steady. We don't have to be emotionally uh, attacked, taxed by fear and, and, and worry and held hostage by that. We, we don't have to do that. It says in Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's good. For his compassions never fail. It means they are fail-proof. They are new every morning, every single day. Great is your faithfulness. See, we have, we have some good news in Jesus Christ. We have some good news in Jesus Christ in the midst of whatever may be challenging. The reality is there's promises for us that in Jesus Christ, there will be better days. And, and, and you know what? Even if there aren't better days, like, because the reality is we have some people in our church, I just mentioned, we have a family that's dealing with the death of a four-year-old in their family. We have people that are dealing with cancer. We have, it's just really bad, heavy stuff. That, and, and, but the truth is, even, even if those better days are not tomorrow or even a year from now, the, the truth is, long-term, folks, there are better days because there's a better place. If we've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, he's in the driver's seat of our life, better days are, are coming because there's a better place. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, look at this, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, an eternal glory, a better place in heaven. John 11, 25 and 26 says, Jesus said to her, this is Mar when he's talking to Martha about Lazarus dying. He says to Martha, he says, I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Look, no matter how you slice it, folks, dry ground is coming. Victory is ours. Better days are ahead sooner or later. And I don't know about you, but I was, I was working on this teaching this week. That gives me hope. And, and folks, when there is hope, you know much can be accomplished when there's hope. Much can be accomplished when there's hope. Actually, I found this quote from uh, South African theologian Desmond Tutu, and I just like saying his name, Desmond Tutu. Uh, and the worship team is going to come up. I want to share this as we close. But it says, it says, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. Folks, we don't have to live emotionally in overload or overwhelmed in fear because there's hope in the midst of the darkness because of Jesus, who is the light. There's hope. And so we got to stay steady because dry ground is coming. Dry ground is coming. Hang on to that hope. And so that's it for today. Uh, I want to kind of recap. Stay steady. Don't live in fear of harm and death because be a steady Eddie, if you will. All right, because we're not alone in the fight. Dry ground is coming. So yes, there's, re there's reason for concern in areas of our lives, right? But we do not have to be hostage to worry and fear. We don't have to be hostage to that. 
Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.